Hey guys, Owen here. And Michelle too. Oh good, you can help me with a disclaimer. Oh yeah, we weren't going to say that we aren't experts in any of the subjects we cover. We are just fans, having fun, being nerdy, you know. Exactly, and also that there's always the potential for spoilers and coarse language. Sorry. Our listeners should keep that in mind. Thanks so much for listening and we, we hope, hope you, you enjoy. enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Little Nerdy. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm her co-host, Owen. Previously on Little Nerdy. Nah, I'm just kidding, guys. We don't have the technology to pull samples from our previous episodes yet. <laughs> Working on it, but... Exactly. Um, so today's episode is going to be the continuation of The Exorcist. Nice. Yeah. So, before we get started... Uh, we just wanted to give a huge thank you to Black White Check for composing all of our original music. And her information is in our show notes. And also, I have a question for you, Owen. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. What do you think of the ocean? You mean that big, scary, salty thing with all those big sea monsters in it? Have you been listening to Dark Vale again? Maybe. So you just listened to their newest episode. The ocean is a beautiful and terrifying majestic beast, hey? Of course. They always talk about some of the most interesting things that aren't in, on the, yeah, in the spotlight. Sorry, got a little tongue-tied there for a hot second. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, yeah, that's why it's my favorite podcast. podcast. Oh, me too. <laughs> uh, they're always going behind the veil and revealing the facts. I can't wait for their next episode so we can podcast and chill. Awesome. Okay, so refresh. Uh, just a quick refresher. Uh, Michelle is the big nerd on this. She's seen most of the movies and has done a lot of the research on this. And me, being the heretic I am, do not know much about it and make jokes. So I'm the little nerd. Mm-hmm. Now, just give me a quick little refresher here. So, where did we leave off? We had just finished going over Exorcist 3. Mmm. How time flies. <laughs> of course, I'm pretty sure for people waiting for those movies to come out, that was like, what, a 20-some-odd year span between the first and the third? Yeah, because the first one was 1973, the second one was 1977. Yeah, not that long of a wait. Yeah, and then the third one was 1990. Yeah, so pretty close to 20 years, 17 years. Yeah, which is what their whole... Their build-up on the timeline was? Kind of, right? Because, like, the first and second film, if you remember, had four years separating it. Yeah. And then the third film just completely pretended the second film didn't happen, right? Kind of a good call, considering (laughs) how that movie went. Yes, and it, um... It was 17 years after the first film in the timeline of the movies, but it was actually 17 years after the second movie came out, right? Yeah. Now, just a little heads up, so... No, it was 13 years after the second Or 13 years, but 17 for, yeah. 17 from the first to the third, sorry. But yeah, so just kind of a heads up. Neither one of us were born for the first or second movie. Right. But we were for the third. Yes. Now, I have not seen... Exorcist 2 or Exorcist 3. Um, have you seen either of those or the trailers or anything? Oh, yeah, I've seen them. Okay, so in your opinion, like, was like there, it was a pretty 90s type movie kind of thing? Yeah. A lot of hip hop, you know, in the background? No. <laughs> oh, God, I thought everything uh, back in the 90s was all about, like, uh, vanilla ice and. Uh, Millie Vanilli? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Salt and pepper? Yeah. Or was those 80s? Nope, that was the 90s. But, yeah, no. Uh, this would have had, you know, like your horror, typical horror movie, the Exorcist theme, which I... Always gives you chills. Uh, yeah, definitely. Mm. And stuff like that. So, where we left off, 
We had just finished um, going through the third film, uh, and that had left off with uh, Lieutenant Kinderman shooting the, Father uh, Damon. Yeah. So, right. just out of curiosity, then, how many movies are there in total? There's five movies. Well, there's hmm, there's five movies, but technically there should only be four. Yeah. Because two of the movies are pretty much identical. Wait, the last two are pretty much identical? Yes. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, it sounded like uh, so far they had kind of stuck with some kind of timeline plot, or the second one was being completely forgotten about in the third, so it didn't mm -hmm. sound like a repeat. So... Yeah. So, wait, if you're saying that they're basically the same, wouldn't that just be kind of a, you know, pretty big middle finger to all the fans and people who've been watching? Uh, kind of, but, I mean, uh... I don't know. I guess it's to each their own and how they would feel about something like that. So, essentially, what happened... Okay. I'm going to explain this and then we'll go into the movies. So, there was a movie that was written as a prequel to The Exorcist, right? Okay. So, it was going to um, revolve around Father Marin. Which, if you remember, was the old one in the... The old guy in the first movie. The yeah, the priest. one that ate the nitroglycerin packs to, you know, make sure his heart didn't explode. Yeah, and who ended up dying of a heart attack, right, in the first film. Yeah. Yes. So, this is going back to, like, when he was, like, a younger man. Right. Mm-hmm. So, there was a film that was written, and it was called... Sorry, give me two seconds. Dominion prequel to the... Sorry, Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. Oh, okay. And what happened was that the studio wasn't like 100% happy with it. And they, with what, the script? Yeah. So what happened was there was a retooling of that film done. Sorry, I'm just envisioning right now uh, studios not being happy with scripts and actually having some kind of like production standards and, <laughs> you know, back before like... Netflix and everything just green-lighted everything. And yeah, it was but Nef like, Netflix has good stuff on it. We watch lots of this stuff on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, there's Hulu, uh, Prime Video, Netflix, Disney+. Plus. Like, there are so many streaming services that ju just because a movie corporation says we're not going to make your movie yeah. doesn't mean that, you know, you can't make a movie somewhere else. Now, mind you, yes, there are a lot of good things out there. That, like, I feel the creativity is a lot more. It's also, but there's Yeah, a it also bit of a does breed for bad and I guess I shouldn't speak too badly of it, because Star Wars nearly never got made if it wasn't for Chewbacca. They said, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, basically what they did is they retooled that script and made some changes to it, and they came out with a movie called Exorcist, The Beginning. So even though Dominion was written before Exorcist, The Beginning, Exorcist, the beginning came out first because it was retooled off of that one. Okay. So, this one takes place when I doesn't, I don't exactly 100% remember. It's after World War II. I think it's in the, like, 50s. Okay. That it takes place. And, um... But it starts off on an ancient battlefield, right? And, and how ancient are we talking here? Are we talking like Romans and stuff? or Yeah, it's pretty ancient. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and a priest tries to take the demon idol of Pazuzu from another, like a dead priest, right? Yeah. And, uh, or he thinks he's dead, but he's not. So the priest tries to stop him, and he gets it, though, and then... It, like, pans the battlefield or whatever, and there's there's many soldiers that are dead, and what's crazy is they're crucified upside down, which... That just sounds painful. Yeah. Well, yeah, crucifixion is a pretty painful thing. Um, now you got a head rush on top of it? <laughs> yeah. God, aren't they suffering enough? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and that's, like, an anti... Or can be, like, 
thought of as like an evil thing to have like an upside down crucifix and stuff like that, right? Well, yeah, it doesn't like pretty much any um, demon or ghost movie nowadays. It's like you could, like we saw one by that Bloomhouse production that the girl was in a room and there was like five thousand crosses on the wall. Okay, an exaggeration, but they all by the demon's power or whatever the ghost power was turned all of them inverted. So this way, uh, it was supposed to be, instead of symbols of good and holy and blah, 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 they became the symbols of, I am evil, I will triumph. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't remember, was that, that was like The Nun, wasn't it? Did we... No, we haven't seen The Nun, or at least I haven't. Okay, then it was like one of the ones, though, that had Ed and Lorraine worn, yeah. like, people portraying them in it. I can't remember which one it was. I think but it I'm... was The Conjuring. Yeah, maybe it's The Conjuring or The Conjuring 2, one of the two, but, um, yeah, so anyway, um, <clears throat> so then it, like, s sets you up for when it's, when this is being filmed, and again, it was after World War Two, so, like, 1949, 1950-something is kind of when this is happening, right, and we get introduced to a young Father Marin, and he is in Egypt, Taking a sabbatical from the church. Okay. Did they kick him out? Uh, did he get kicked out or something for popping those nitroglycerin pills for fun? Ah, no, he wasn't taking those then. He was young. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, young people do a lot of dumb things and, you know, want to live life on the edge. Yeah, not priests, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, okay, so sabbatical, that means he got kicked out or he took a leave of no, absence? No, he took a leave of absence. Oh, okay. Yeah. and stuff. So, because he's struggling with his faith. Uh, yeah, that's that's understandable. It's also a theme throughout these movies, if you've noticed. Yeah, because we, we finished watching the Exorcist series, and even then, it seemed kind of... Yeah, but even in the first film, Father Marin, or Father Damon... Was sorry. struggling with his faith with his mom. Yeah, well, yeah, and stuff. And then in the second film, I can't remember... You just erased it from your memory because it was such a bad movie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't remember if there was a priest who was uh, questioning his religion. Um, but I know in the third film, there was Father Morning, I think was, or whatever. Um, but yeah, so anyway, he's questioning his, his faith um, because he's haunted by an experience that happened in the Netherlands during World War II. Okay. He was forced by an SS, like, commander, essentially, to participate in executions in order to, um, like, save a village. So this guy was like, you're going to kill these people or we're going to kill this entire village. I mean, the lesser of two evils, but then again, when it comes to, like, personally, as far as I know from history, when it comes to dealing with Nazis, there's only evil. Yeah, absolutely, and... Also, the thing is, too, that we have to remember is that for him and his beliefs, um, murder is a mortal sin. So, participating in those, he's committed, like, this egregious sin. And then seeing everything he saw, he may be questioning, like, why would, like, my God, my God allow that to happen, right? And stuff. So, um... Anyway, so he's in Egypt, and he gets approached by a collector of antiques, who asks him to come to a British excavation in Kenya. Okay. Please, please tell me that the excavator guy spoke like Robin Williams, the whole, hmm, I see you're only interested in the exceptionally it is. <laughs> it will not break. It broke. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Damn it. Um, you gotta remember, these were horror movies, not... Well, awesome, yeah. well, Robin Williams movies. So Doesn't mean that they can't have a little bit of humor somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> true. Uh, yeah. So, what he wants them to go and do is they're excavating a... Okay. I'm going to try and say this properly. <clears throat> um, Gather your thoughts. My it's a Christian... By... Byzantine okay. church built in 500 AD. Sounds like you did it right. Yes. 
Uh, so it was long before, like, Christians had really entered Africa that this was built. Okay. Yeah. So he wants an ancient relic. He wants that ancient relic of that demon that we saw in the beginning of the film. Yeah, the four-winged guy with the right hand and a claw-like motion kind of thing. Yeah, I think that was the one. I don't think it was just the head. I think it was, like, the whole actual thing, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because in the first movie, it looked like it was a four-foot-tall statue. Yeah, but there was the smaller head he found, remember? Yep, I remember that one. I'm just so, saying, like, he, they actually found a full, you know, big statue. He just found, like, a little, uh, carry-around. You know, the pocket demon. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a kind of smaller one, but I could be wrong. It has been... Like, this came out in 2004, and, uh... Ages ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, 16 if, years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, especially if you go by internet culture and movie culture nowadays, 16 years ago is a long time. I mean, the Marvel, MC, the MCU stuff was made, like, back in 2008, and that feels like forever ago. Yeah, that's true. Um... So, yeah, um, sorry, I'm just kind of, like, uh, not being really good co-host right now. I'm kind of derailing Michelle's thoughts here. and No, you're good. That's, uh, you bring the humor, and that's what we love about you. Yeah, you know, I just hope nobody feels the need to, uh, ever try to bring a crucifix and smack me over the head with it a few times and say, Hey, smarten up, or demons are gonna get you. Yeah. Because I keep telling people, I'll punch them in the face. <laughs> exactly. Um... Yeah, so anyway, um, but yeah, so this uh, ancient relic of this demon, it, it may be in this church at this excavation in Kenya, so that's why this collector wants him to go there and stuff. So he agrees to do it, which I can't remember if he knew off the bat that it was like a relic of a demon, because I'm not 100% sure that a priest would be like, yeah, sure, I'll just hand over this relic of this demon to you. And in hopes that, um, I don't know, I guess he'll do good with it? Like, it's yeah. a relic of a demon! No, and Yeah, that actually brings up a question I have, is that why, okay, I, I, obviously, you know, people want to make symbols and relics of, like, holy things to, you know, bring good luck and good fortune and everything. That I get. Right. But to make a symbol of a demon or a devil or whatever kind of thing, you know... Why would you make something that's supposed to immortalize evil? I'm not sure. That, you know, it's like that's like saying, uh, you know, the worst job you've ever had or whatever. Let's tattoo that on your arm. <laughs> Just a constant reminder of how bad things have once been in your life. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure why they would do that, but yeah. It's an interesting question, for sure. Um, so anyway, Father Marin goes off to the dig site, and he's joined by a man named Father Francis, and he's from the Vatican, and he's there to make sure the church isn't desecrated. So, uh, sorry, uh, does, does it say where Father Francis is from? The Vatican. Okay, I think it's pronounced Father, uh, Father Francis. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> however, I am Canadian, so I'm not going to try and butcher... You know me in accents. I'm not. I'm not good at them. I will try and say it that way, and it'll come out sounding like you're German or something. Oh, or just no, not even that. It just an accent that does not exist. I can promise <laughs> you that. So I'm just gonna stick with the Father Francis. Yeah, um, uh, but I also like it, there's a it, being Canadian. There's even like I know there's a school nearby where it's uh, Saint uh, Francis of Assisi. Of a, I think it's St. Francis of Assai. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read that right, and it's, a, it's a, of Assisi. It might be, I don't know, I'm not... <laughs> that one's up for debate uh, later and everything about pronunciation, but... Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, when I see a kind of thing, I just can't help, ah, he's the saints of Assisi's. <laughs> it's like, ah, he's all, you know, they're all a bunch of scaredy cats and stuff, although I know nothing about them, I'm just making a joke of English language... You know, be and it's funny spelling. pronunciations. Yeah, and it's and like the stuff, whole yeah. like when people say "sound it out," and you know. So, mm -hmm. anyways, back to the Saint uh, Francis or Francis. Yeah, Saint Francis. Um, so he's there to make sure that the church doesn't get desecrated because reasons. Well, 
No, tur- like, no religion would want one of their churches desecrated, right? And that includes doing a dig at a ancient church. You don't want it desecrated, right? Yeah, and so we're having working, worked construction and everything. I can imagine there's not a lot of guys with couth who wouldn't, you know, be like, oh, I really got to take a leak, and uh, next thing you know, uh, you're desecrating somebody's grave because you thought, hey, this spot looks like a good place to go to the washroom. Turns out it was a holy spot, and it's like, ooh, that's, uh, yeah, you're going that's to bad. Hell. You're going to hell. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so while he's there, uh, Father Marin meets a man named Major Granville, and he's from the British Army, and he's in charge of the dick, mm-hmm. right? And he meets this other guy named Jeffries, who is the chief excavator, um... Of the dig, but he's got, like, boils all over his face. Like, he's not looking too hot. Well, I mean, they're in the middle of the desert. I could imagine he was looking very hot. (laughs) If anything, it was like, get this man into some shade, get him some clean water. Yeah. Let him take a day off, for crying out loud. Yes. And he also meets Sarah, who is a doctor from a concentration camp. Like, she survived it. She wasn't... Sorry, let me reword that. (laughs) Um, He meets a lady named Sarah who was a... Fiber from a concentration camp who also happened to be a doctor. I was just thinking, uh, to get this excavation done, sounds like they're shaking hands with all kinds of No, 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 people. no, no, no. Sarah was not Nazi. She was not SS. She was not anything like that. She was a unfortunate victim of the concentration camps and the SS and the Nazis. Okay, so, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So, um, but what's happening is the diggers keep disappearing or leaving because they believe this church is, like, cursed. Right. Couldn't imagine why. You know, not having a monument dedicated to a demon. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly, right? So, when Father Marin and his translator and Father Francis visit the dig site, the church is in perfect condition, with only, like, the dome unearthed, right? Okay. That they can see. So that's how they enter the church, is they are able to get in through this dome. Because you got to think... Back in 500 A.D., they definitely didn't have glass. Yeah. Right, and stuff. So they were able to get in through, if, I don't remember if it was like a window or, I mean, it was in pristine condition, so they must have been able to like, it must have been like a window or some opening in the top that they were able to get in. Right. Yeah, they didn't have quite have the blast furnaces needed to turn sand into glass. Exactly. They had all the sand in the world, but no yeah. way to make it. Exactly, right. Um, so, they enter, and there's something wrong with this angel statue, and a crucifix has been, like, ripped from the altar, and it's been, like, suspended with Jesus upside down on the cross. So, like, call back to the soldiers on the field at the beginning, right, but definitely, that's not the way they were making crucifixes, like, of Jesus back then, or ever, right? And the there's, like, these angels, and they're holding, it's like they're holding something back from beneath the church, which is also odd, because normally, they would be, like, praising God, and, yeah. and looking up, and, and whatever, but they're, like, looking down, and it looks like they're trying to hold something back. From beneath, right? So, Marin's kind of like, Father Marin's like, oh my gosh, like, what is happening? So, he wants to talk to the head archaeologist, right? Okay. So, not Major Granville, who's in charge of the dig, but the head archaeologist. But he went insane. And he's in an asylum in Nairobi. Yeah, and of course, like we had mentioned on the previous one about the first exorcist about insane asylums, that even in the States, they weren't that great of condition and, you know, they were pretty uh, fast and loose with the rules. I can only imagine what probably a third world country's insane asylum would look like. Yeah, and back then, I mean, just even back then, I don't think uh, people knew as much as they did about mental health and stuff back then, so I don't think it was necessarily, I mean... Back in, like, I think it was even, well, I I don't remember the exact years. I'd have to, like, refresh my memory. But 
you could get mad at me for not making dinner and just take me to an insane asylum and drop me off. Tempting. Very tempting. Ah! Can't do it now. Can't <laughs> Besides, do it if, now, anyone, so. if anything, I'm the one that does most of the cooking, so. Yes. <laughs> You're very good at that. If anything, it would be you taking me to the insane asylum because <laughs> I burnt the grilled cheese or something. <laughs> you only did that once. That's fine. Um, so, he actually goes to this head archaeologist tent. And he finds tons of drawings of the demon art artifact the collector had wanted. Right. And so he's like, I need to go visit this guy. I need to go find out what's going on. So he goes to visit. The guy's name is like Besson or Besson or... Uh, I'm Canadian. I'll say Besson. Well, um, if he's French, then it's Besson. Yeah. I don't know. Ho, ho. Again, he is a French archaeologist. English Canadian, so <laughs> I'm gonna stick with Besson. But um, and he finds him possessed in the psych ward. How does he know he's possessed? Uh, it's pretty obvious he's possessed, and he is tormenting Father Marin as that commander from the Netherlands, the SS commander. Mm. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, is he really bad if he's tormenting an SS officer? No, no. He's not tor- no. Oh, he's, right, the, he's... the person who survived the con- oh. No. He, Father Marin goes to visit him. Yep. And uh, goes to vi- visit this uh, head archaeologist, Besson. Yep. In the uh, psych ward. And he finds him possessed. And one of the reasons he knows he's possessed is because... Besson takes on the voice of that SS commander oh. that forced Father Marin to commit those uh, executions or whatever, right? And he is tormenting Father Marin with it. Sorry, I wasn't uh, quite clear when I was explaining that before. Yeah, no, I can imagine bringing up like a dark day like that in your life would definitely be quite the torment. Yeah. Now that is uh, demonic torture 101. Like, make sure you make the person relive the most painstakingly awful day of their life. Yeah, exactly. So, Besson, though, is able to, like, somehow, I he is obviously, I would assume, trying to fight, like, the demon inside of him. But he's able to slit his throat. And as he slits his throat, he says, I'm free. Right. The demon does, or the guy? I don't know. I don't know if Besson was, like, fighting the demon and he did it himself, or if it was, like, the demon that did it and said, I'm free. Either way. Not a pretty picture. Yeah. So, the priest who runs the asylum says Besson wasn't possessed. He was just touched by a demon. Uh, I think he's confusing the show Touched by an Angel for that Touched by That was a good show. I, it, it was a good show, I but... wish if I could find that on DVD or something, I would totally buy it. I loved that show. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> no, I'm just kind of confused. It's like, and touched by a demon. It's like, um, yeah, being touched by a demon doesn't sound any less, you know, awful than being full-on possessed. Yeah, no. It, I mean... From the experience with Father Besson, whether you're touched by a demon or you are possessed by a demon, it is not good. So, uh, when he tells him this, the priest that's running the asylum gives Father Marin the Roman rituals to exorcism. And Marin, Father Marin's just kind of like, okay, whatever, I'm never going to use them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, irony. Yeah, irony. So... Um, strange things continue to happen at the dig site. Like, he goes back to the dig site because, well... He's got to go get the goods. Yeah, he still has... He still needs to find this demon thing for the collector guy, right? The collector guy's probably on his ass, like, come on, man, I paid for all this equipment. I paid for all these people to be out there. You better get out there and get me my goods, or you're going to have to talk to the accountant on this one. No, the collector, he's not in charge of the dig. It's the British Army in charge of the dig. Well, he so just wants him to go there and get this thing, and because he's a priest, he can probably get it. That's that's the only reason he hired him. 
Well, but yeah, he's probably on his butt for it, though, yeah. And, and I'm just picturing, you know, he's got somebody who's, like, he's got to pay somebody somehow. I mean, you know, making a collection, especially of ancient relics and artifacts, mm -hmm. ain't exactly an e a cheap hobby. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but strange things continue to happen. Uh, Father Marin discovers a passage leading beneath the church. The one that the angels were trying to hold shut? Yeah. Where, uh... Pazuzu statue is in a pagan church. So this Christian by oh I don't know if I can say that again Byzotarian. I think that's what you said earlier. Yeah, I think so. Um, again, not great with pronunciations. Um, he, he, this church is built on top of a pagan church, right? That has a statue of a demon inside of it. No wonder those angels are in that church going, get back. We, and I just think that's kind of funny because being the person I am when it comes to the whole demon angel afterlife and everything like that. Yeah. Um, it's actually funny because the paganism, like a lot of stuff that I've read, it's not as evil and dark as everyone thought it was. It's just been demonized by Christ, uh, Christianity. And especially the Catholic and stuff. But I'm not going to get into that. I'm just saying is that it's the stereotypical, oh, these were the bad guys. Yeah. I mean, I guess, whatever. They had to pick, like, a religion to, like, be the bad religion. And for these writers, they chose paganism. I don't know a lot about that religion. Um, except for that, yeah, it's not as, like, bad as the movies, at least in my experience of watching horror movies, the movies make it out to be. So, yeah, but, well, um... they still had, like, ritual sacrifices and stuff, it's just not Yeah, but, as... I mean, like, lots of religions have done that in the past, so... Yeah, but we're getting off topic yeah. on that one. So, so anyways, uh, he goes in, finds out it's the pagan church. Yeah, so he can also tell that, yeah, there were Cuban sacrifices that were Lots performed. of bad juju. Yeah, in that church, right? So he becomes suspicious of... There's stories about a plague that wiped out the village, or a village, 50 years earlier, right? And he becomes suspicious of that when he sees them cremating a stillborn child, right? Yeah, you know, that, that's uh, usually a good sign to start being, like, scratching your head going, what's going on here, buddy? Well, he's going, hmm, if they're cremating, why are there all these graves over for this village, right? Like, that was only 50 years ago. They knew how to cremate people in the 1900s, so I'm not really sure why there's, you know, I don't know. He's just, he questions it anyway. Yeah. So he goes to this graveyard where all these bodies are supposed to be from this plague and he digs up a grave already on a good note about you know uh keeping himself uh, out of clean. trouble yeah yeah, yeah 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 and stuff um and he finds it empty right so he realizes hmm people didn't die 50 years ago from a from a plague they were sacrificed in a pagan church under under this church that they're oh. digging up. Yeah. So the graves were just mockery kind of they landmarks. Were, well, they were just like fake graves. Yeah. Right? To, to build this story that was this narrative that people wanted the world to believe or whatever, right? Yeah, so, you have some traders, passerbys kind of coming around. It's like, oh, I'll tell you about your grave. Yeah, it was a real shame about their loss and everything or in the back of their minds. Eh, no, they're just bleeding in the bottom of this church or whatever. Yeah, so um, he confronts Father Francis about it. And Father Francis reveals the history of those two priests that we saw in the beginning 1,500 years ago. Okay. Coming to search for the origin of evil. Right. And when... When they got there, the evil consumed one of them. And he killed the other one. Right. So, the emperor at that time, which I don't believe they named the emperor, um, ordered that a church be built over the pagan church on the site, and then 
buried, which is why it's in perfect condition, is it was built and buried, right? Um, and then that... It's kind of like that whole, you keep your shoes in perfect condition if you never wear them. Put them in the box, put them in the closet. Yeah. They'll be mid-condition for years and years. Yeah. So then what happened was this church was never, there was never, it was never found, there was never a reference made to it except for one reference that was found in the Vatican records about this church that was built and buried, right? Yeah. So these four priests came to enlist a tribe to help them, but they all disappeared. And so then the vat, and that was 50 years ago. Okay. From the time Father Marin's in. And so the Vatican ordered a fake graveyard be built and stories of a plague be spread to keep people away from it so that this never happened again, right? So that people didn't find it, find the pagan church, find the evil, get consumed by it, right? They were like, oh, we'll just say there's plague and no one will go near it, right? Um, however, the British stumbled upon it and so then they started digging it, right? Yeah, the, it was, uh, yeah, the whole lack of warning sign saying, be careful, stay away, there's a deadly disease here, blah, blah, blah. It was just some guy walking along, stubs his toe on something, and it's like, oh, would you look at that? Let's dig. Pretty much, yeah. So, um, Father Francis also explains that this is believed, like, this, where this church is, and where this pagan church was, and the statue of Pazuzu, and all this is... The spot where Lucifer fell after his war in heaven, like, against God. Right? Yeah. So then, Sarah kills Father Francis, because she's possessed. So Sarah was the survivor of the Holocaust. Yes. Kills this Francis guy. Father Francis, yes. Father Francis. And... Okay. Because she's possessed. Yeah. Right. So then Father Marin, um, he does like an exorcism on her in the tunnels below the church and stuff. But unfortunately, she dies during the exorcism. Right. So Father Marin and uh, Joseph, which I believe Joseph was his interpreter. I think that was the name of his interpreter. Emerge from the church... And they once again bury it. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm, like buried the tunnels. Oh, sorry. Okay. The, the pagan church, right? And they, they bury it. Um, the British soldiers and the local tribe have just killed each other. Okay. It's I'm just like a bloodbath. They come out of this church and they're just like, oh my god. Everybody's dead. Right. And um, I might be confused. It might have been Father... Marin and Jeffries that came out of the church, which was the guy with the boils. I can't yep. remember if it was his interpreter that came out or his, the guy with the boils, uh, Jeffries. But now you kind of realize, oh, Jeffries had all those boils and he was put in there as like a kind of like um, a warning. No, to make you think like, oh, that's going to be the guy who's possessed because he's got. Oh, yeah. He, he he's the. Yeah. He's the separate Sephir, uh, Snape. In the first Harry Potter movie. You yes. think he's the bad guy when really he was doing good behind the scenes all along. Yeah, and stuff. So anyway, Father Marin returns to Rome. Right, and he meets with the collector. He explains he doesn't have the artifact and kind of why. Like, not really why, but he's just like, I couldn't get it. Sorry. And stuff. And when he leaves, he's in his priest's clothing. So... He is, faith is restored, he's now going to become the Father Marin that we meet in the first exorcist, years later, who is the seasoned exorcist, he has done many exorcisms, he has faced Pazuzu, now he will face him in the future, and Pazuzu will ultimately be his death, right? Okay, so... So that was the fourth movie. Now, you, you said that earlier that the fifth movie is basically just a redo uh, of the movie. Mm -hmm. So how long was it before they went from the fourth movie and decided, let's make the fifth movie? Um. Yeah, so Dominion prequel of the 
Exorcist came out in 2005. Okay. So it was literally the next year. And they did that because people didn't really like the the fourth movie. They didn't really think uh, Exorcist the Beginning was a great movie. So the studio at that time was like, whatever, make your movie the way you wanted to make it then. Right? And so it is considered an alternative prequel to The Exorcist. The official prequel is Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. So number four is the official prequel. No. Oh. Number five is the official prequel. It is considered that. And then number four is like an alternative prequel. So right. it sounds like the uh, the even number movies in this Exorcist one don't do so well. Yeah. Almost uh, like there's a curse in there. <laughs> um, so this movie received better reviews than the fourth movie, but it was still not great. And it was uh, very, very similar to the other prequel, to the fourth movie. Right. Because that movie was retooled off of this one. So, you know. Yeah, no matter how much you change the paint job or the upholstery in a car, it's still the same car. Yeah. Four wheels and goes down the highway. Uh, yeah, so there's a few different characters. Um, there's a baptism of someone who is possessed. Father Francis doesn't die. And he begs... Father Marin to do the exorcism. Um, his, his, it's his translator and guide who becomes possessed. Not Sarah, the doctor, which she's not named Sarah in this film. Um, but he does do the exorcism and he succeeds with the demon leaving the body of the possessed like, boy, and it, it enters a hyena and um, runs away. And that's kind of how the demon leaves, right? So I'm only telling you the differences of the film. I'm not going through the entire fifth film again. Like, because, because it's, it's the fourth film again, essentially. I'm just telling you the differences. So the British leave and life's normal again. And one of the elders warns Father Marin that he will be pursued by this demon. So Marin... demons are petty. Exactly. So Father Marin regains his faith and he leaves for Rome. But there was no collector in this film. Um, there was still a doctor. Um, she was from... She was a victim of the concentration camps and stuff, right? But she had a different name. And she wasn't the one who got possessed. And she didn't die. So that is literally the differences in this film. Otherwise, it is exactly, essentially the same film. They even had the same actor from the fourth film play Father Marin in the fifth film. Okay. And they may, I don't remember, they may have had other actors come back for it, but they definitely had... Some recasting? Yeah. So that ends the movies. Of the Exorcist franchise. But now, we stumbled upon a TV series. And it's only two seasons. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. I hope Netflix or somebody will pick it up because it's a very, very good show. Um, the season one revolves around a priest named um, Father Tomas Ortega. Or, uh, if you speak like the other main character, you call him Father Thomas. Uh, yeah. But it's Tomas. Um, and, he's Mexican. Yeah. Uh, well, he's Spanish. We, well, but, I guess Mexican. He does talk about... He was saying many times pro. that he was the first Mexican uh, bishop or something, wasn't he? He wanted to be the first Mexican pope, or that's what his grandparents wanted. Oh, so, okay. Anyway, um, and we meet this family, the Rance family. So there's Angela, Casey, Catherine, and Henry Rance. Henry is suffering, he's like recovering from a head injury. Catherine is recovering from a car accident in which a friend died, well her girlfriend died, and... So already you got some very big no-nos according to the church. Yeah, and uh, she injured her knee. And then you've got Casey Rance, and Casey's the younger daughter. Uh, she's probably like 16, 17 though. And, um, yeah, 
And then you've got Angela Rance, the mom, who's, like, kind of controlling, but, like, she loves her kids, right? And they all go to Father Ortega's church. And he starts having, um, like, these visions of this other priest. And he ends up, through mysterious ways and whatever, he ends up finding the priest. Yeah. Father Marcus Keene. And Father Marcus Keene is an exorcist, but he's an exorcist who is about to be excommunicated from the church. He, like, pulls a gun on a fellow priest by the name of Bennett. Um, who actually, at first, I thought was going to be a total narc and, yeah. you know, very uncool character, but he actually uh, has he, quite the character development that I really like. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a good guy, but, uh, yeah, so... Angela comes to Father Tomas, and she says there's something wrong with her daughter, Catherine. She thinks Catherine is possessed. And as she's explaining it to him, like, a bird flies through the window of the church, and it's just really creepy. So Father Tomas comes and visits the house, and he talks to Catherine, and he's like, well, there's nothing wrong with Catherine. And so, yeah, she's just having post-traumatic stress from, you know, car accident and survivor's guilt because her... Girlfriend died. Yeah. Right, right. Well, as everyone who around her thought was just her friend. Well, that's what her mother kept calling her because I don't think her mom was ready to like understand that she was like uh, gay, and that's unfortunate. But yeah, it's yeah. So anyway, um, but it ends up turning out that it's Casey who's possessed, and there is some creepy shit in this this series. There is. Yeah, because like um, it turns out the. The demon that's like befriending her and everything, his name is also Captain Howdy. Mm -mm. Doesn't he call her Howdy or? I don't think she has a name for him. Yeah, but this uh, it, it's like this guy who looks like he's like what in his sixties. The or something? salesman, that's what he was called. Oh the right, salesman. the salesman. But he was in his sixties, wasn't he? And uh, yeah, yeah he, she's like seventeen. So and it's it gets yeah, he gets a little too comfortably close with her. Which, I mean, like you said before, demons don't care about age, so... Absolutely not. Um, but what we end up finding out throughout the series, and if you want to watch the series, I highly recommend stop listening now, watch the series, and then listen. Come back and listen. <laughs> but, um, because we are going to spoil some stuff. Um, you end up finding out that... Um, well, Father Marcus and Father Tomas, they start... To do exorcisms. And it's kind of the same dynamic with them as it was with Father Marin and Father Damon. Is that Father Tomas has never done an exorcism. Yeah. But Father Marcus is very, very, very... Experienced. Yes. As being an exorcist. Thank you. So, anyway. The demon as uh, the Casey. Salesman? Okay. She whispers something into her father's ear. And then he keeps asking, Henry keeps asking Angela, do you have something to tell me? Like, are you hiding something from me? Over and over. And finally, it comes out that Angela Rance's real name, wait for it, is Reagan McNeil. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> and for those of you who may have just forgotten momentarily, that's the name of the 12-year-old girl from the first Exorcist movie who was possessed. Exactly. And the demon inside of Casey is Pazuzu. The same demon that possessed her. Because he's a spiteful asshole. And he's like, I'm going to get your kid because you were the one that got away. Right? Kind of feels like the whole... All your favorite classics are back. Reagan is back with a false identity to move on with her life. The demon is still being petty and coming back to steal the limelight. And let's not forget, time has passed on, so of course life is going to happen. She has a family. And the demon goes, ooh, more people to torture and... Exactly. Right. So what happens, though, is that, like, Catherine doesn't know anything about this, and she's just worried so she calls the police which i mean you know in the case of most people who don't believe in all that stuff would be like uh she's having mental breakdowns she's just being completely schizophrenic she's sick and now she's sick and being tortured by these two guys who 
are constantly screaming, the power of Christ compels you. And so, of course, you know, it, it raises some alarms, but I uh, the, the th scene that really, like, it was the big turnaround for that character was when they get, put her into the back of an ambulance. She gives her the creepiest look of, like, thank you for setting me free. Now I can go and raise hell in other places. Exactly. And so... There's this underlying backstory that I kind of almost didn't care about, but we should mention because it is a part of the series, which is, like, the Pope is coming to visit, and so there's all these, like, church... Clergymen. Well, church people. They weren't just clergymen. There were... But, yeah, there was. But there was bishops, and there was... Deacons. And there was... Uh, there was this... Yeah, I think that's part of the... I don't know. I don't... I don't want to use the names because I don't know Catholic religion well enough to call them by their proper, like, uh, titles and stuff like that. But there was also this lady, um, and her name, uh, what was her name? I, Jess, I, no, Marie. Yeah. And she was, like, super rich, so she, like, was kind of funding everything, I guess, right? But you end up finding out that a bunch of these priests are, like, possessed. And they're not just possessed, it's something called... Integrated. Yes, they're integrated. So they can't even exercise, or this is what they're making people believe. Like you can't even exercise the demon from them because they are integrated into the person's soul. Because soul the demon, is gone. yeah, because the person full heartedly accepted the demon, or the demon just did something that made it so they they were just like fine, whatever, take over, right? So they are plotting to kill the pope. Okay, so when. Casey is taken in the ambulance after Catherine calls the police and is taken away. Um, you find the, out about... Well, the police... Yeah, this is... The police come and you end up finding out that, hey, even the police are involved in this because some of the police are possessed, right? Like the captain of the police department. So anyway, she ends up escaping Casey from the ambulance. The two paramedics that were with her die and she's just gone so now there's like this manhunt and then they yeah they end up finding her and the thing that really kind of i mean from most people's perspective of like if you think about it for just a second because there were some people saying how like your daughter was the cause of this accident but she was strapped down to the stretcher yeah uh, she was being treated for, you know, dehydration and malnourishment and all these things going on. And this vehicle careened off the road, crashed into a tree, was collapsed from the outside. Oh, yeah, a 90-pound, 17-year-old girl is definitely capable of all that when she's tied down. Yeah, that's but the narrative they're telling the public anyway. But, like, yeah, it was in reality, the it was definitely Pazuzu who did it. Because, right. yeah, it's like, obviously, it's not going to do him any good if she's trapped uh, or, you know, restrained by the medical institute. Yeah. So, they they end up finding her, Father uh, Marin, uh, or not Father Marin, sorry, Father Marcus, <laughs> um, and Father Tomas. But Father Marcus tells Father Tomas, like, you can't tell. Uh, Angela and them that we found. Uh, Casey? Casey, yeah, because they know that Angela is really Reagan and that this is the same. And they're like, he's like, it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous for her family, especially Reagan, to be anywhere near Casey with Pazuzu inside of her. And they take her to this other church that is run by a Mother Bernadette. I loved Mother Bernadette. I love, like, she was so kind, right? Because her way of exercising a demon wasn't with, like, the power of Christ compels you and, like... Holy water and uh, restraining somebody. It was with love. It was with forgiveness. They were forgiving the demon. Which is just kind of a nice different take on it. That's why I liked it. Right? I'm like, oh, that's nice. I guess. They're forgiving the demon. Yeah, they're forgiving it for being angry and spiteful. Yeah, and whatever. So, anyway. Um... They do. They end up exercising her they think but really it gets a whole lot worse well because Pazuzu was gonna break her neck yeah which is like we end up finding out through the series that's like his thing to do 
is to when he's about to be beaten, he just breaks the person's neck. It's kind of like the rage quitting of the demon. Yeah. So he's going to break her neck. And he says, I don't remember what he says, but he says something to, um, I'm going to continue to call her Angela just because that's what she had changed her name to. Yeah. Um, so Reagan and Angela. Um, but Angela ends up taking, uh, the, like welcoming the demon into her. Yeah. She says, take me instead. Which also, to clarify in the series, that's the integration, integration. which means that they, they believe that you can't exercise the Pazuzu from Angela now. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, another it? thing that had happened is once... Um, once she saw it on the news, Chris McNeil showed up, which is Reagan's mom. And she hasn't had anything to do with her because you end up finding out that after the events that took place in The Exorcist, um, she kind of, she couldn't find a job anywhere. No one really wanted to hire her as this movie actress and stuff. So she wrote a book about Reagan being possessed and then took her on all these talk shows, like late night talk shows, to talk about it. Yeah, because let's relive the worst moment of your life to make some money. Exactly, right? So, and Reagan, rightfully so, was pissed about it. Like, she was like, how dare you do that to me? You didn't care about me. You didn't love me. You just wanted to make money, right? And so, through this whole thing, it's a weird thing where they're, like, trying to repair relationships, kind of, but... Also, Angela kind of doesn't care. But, um, so once Pazuzu is in her, um, she ends up killing Chris. Angela kills Chris. Yeah. And she pushes her down the stairs. Makes it look like an accident. And stuff. But then, shortly afterwards, the family finds out that she is possessed. Yeah, and that's not a good way they found out, like, things go really bad. It's a really good series, all said and done. Yeah, so anyway, then... Then, um... They end up... Um... Wasn't it Father Thomas, uh... Yeah, Father Keen... Marcus, sorry, Father Marcus, he got kidnapped or whatever, right? By Marie. Yep. Him and Bennett, and they were like... She was trying to turn one of them into a demon... And that was happening in the background. So anyway, but Father Tomas, he comes and he exercises the demon. Because there was a little bit of Angela that was left inside of her. She was like hiding herself in this little room. It was like a tiny fragment kind of thing. And once she decided to stand up to the demon and not take a shit, it destroyed the demon. Yeah, like between her fighting and also uh, Father Tomas. Tomas, um you know, helping her. It was kind of like a united front and the demon was overpowered and defeated. Yeah. So then Father Tomas and Marcus, Marcus in the second season, they, Marcus is excommunicated. He's not a part of the church, but he is teaching the Father Tomas how to be a exorcist. And it is them going around doing these exorcisms, right? Uh, trying to avoid the church, trying to avoid the demons, and it is also, they run into this family, uh, and there is a guy who is like a foster father running this house, and it's about kind of how the demon possesses him, and... Well, yeah, and it doesn't, like, it actually does a good job of, like, making you not sure who's going to be possessed or yes. what's going to be really going wrong. And a little side note on that, it, the uh, Andy, or Andrew, yeah. he is played by a very beloved actor to me, uh, the guy who plays Harold in Harold and Kumar. Oh, John Chu? Yeah. John Cho, is that his name? John, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's that's definitely not a movie series I recommend to anyone under the age of 18, uh, because there's a lot of drug and sex... Uh, references and jokes in that series, but yeah, I personally found the, those ones funny. So when I saw him as the main character or the, one of the main characters in season two, I knew I was really going to enjoy this one, and I did. Excellent. And that's kind of where 
like, we don't want to give too much away on season two, but it was really good. It ends really sad, and there's not going to be a season three, which is absolutely heartbreaking because it was a really good show. Yeah, it was like a bit of a bittersweet with like a lot of things. Like, you're really sad about a lot of stuff, how it happens, and you know, it definitely left on such a good cliffhanger. It's worth the watch. You know, it's like we we both really hope that uh, someplace like. Prime, Netflix, Hulu, doesn't matter who. Just somebody picks it up and keeps going with it because this is something that uh, and stopped airing uh, in 2018. So, uh, you know, it could pick up again. I mean, hopefully it's not another case of Firefly. Yeah. But we definitely recommend watching the series and we definitely recommend watching the first movie. <laughs> and that's uh, that's all that we, I guess, have to say about that. So... Yeah, and that covers up uh, everything. I feel like that was a good uh, two-part uh, episode. Yeah, we definitely hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening. And yeah, I just want to say, remember, no matter what your thing is or what you're into, at the end of the day, we're all just a little nerdy.